Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Staycation Conversation Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, to start the show at the front end, let's get a little, uh, I guess, correction, I'd like to say. Not a correct, not something I got wrong for once. Well, I guess I kind of did. But because of the fact that most of the major news outlets got it wrong. The first Royal Caribbean ship went on a cruise to nowhere out of Singapore recently. And it was re- it returned a day early because of a positive coronavirus case. And man, another story of just 2020 and cruising and coronavirus. We just can't get out of our way. The good news, the reason for celebration, and the reason that, you know what, all is not lost is because that was a false positive. So there were no positive cases on the cruise. Good news. Let's start the show. Hey everybody, here we are. It is episode four of the newest podcast that's on the scene. It's the Staycation Podcast. It's, in other words, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Staycation Conversation. I'm here. My name is Tommy Casabona. I'm your host. I am also joined by the lovely Tanya. Tanya, what's going on? Nothing much. What's going on? Very nice to have you. As always, it's good to see you. How was the trip in this time? Very chilly. It was cold today yeah it was i looked at the temperature i don't know where it is now what it is now it was 34 degrees when i was leaving work and uh let me tell you something this chubby kid has not seen 34 (laughs) degrees in quite a minute i'll give you that it's been a lot of south florida a lot of sunshine and really we start getting those chill bumps when it hits about 68 and we're at 34 how did you do it on that train uh that train platform doing this thing to my hands (gasps) yeah yeah because I didn't wear gloves because I didn't think that it was that cold, but I had on two of two little hoodies and a scarf. I looked like a wrapped up like teddy bear. You look a little burrito. A little burrito. You I was wrapped little, up snug. I was a little Tanyarito. Tanyarito. All Next right. Next time I'll wear my proper like hat and gloves and you know thermals. So last week you saw what I put out there. I don't know if those of you who are on Facebook who check us out on Facebook, you would have seen that I put a sort of like a call to arms or sort of like a memorandum, uh, sort of like a, what would you call it, a mission statement, you might say. And, you know, Tanya's here and I know you guys, I know what it is. I know what the deal is. You guys probably, feel a lot of you love it, but a lot of you I do know are feeling a little duped because of the fact that we've gone in such a dif- different direction than cruising. Uh, I know you guys don't mind when we talk about travel, but I know a lot of the banter that we've kind of done, listen, it's never going to go away. We're going to do that on a regular basis, but if I'm not mistaken, I'm thinking you guys probably want a little bit more substance, whether it's traveling, whether it's cruising, a little more, I guess, value in your entertainment and maybe something you could sink your teeth into. So while here's the here's the main thing. Here's what I want you guys to kind of realize, focus on, and understand as we kind of head our head through these, no pun intended, troubling waters, troubled waters, is that there's no cruising out right now. So this show is under construction, okay? It's still happening. We're still trying to find our range. And I said this on Facebook. I said, hey, listen, if you turn this piece of garbage off right now, I'm not mad at you. 
I don't mind. The only thing I would ask is that as we continue to tweak things and play with things and try to like figure out where this show is going to land and where it's going to sit. Listen, if cruising comes back in a month, we could just be kind of going back and forth and back into the always be booked, all aboard and welcome, all that stuff. But right now, it's just not there. So I would say if you don't like a particular show, understand that it is under construction and we are continuously trying to tweak it. Me and Tanya, we talk to each other all week trying to figure out different ways to add to the show. So we're going to try and we'll start with this week trying to maybe get a little bit more into some travel topics that are out there. Uh, there is going to be some cruise talk as well. But then, yes, maybe it'll be like a more of a mix of cruising slash, I guess, um, cruising slash travel slash ban- banter. Yeah, chit chat banter. How do you think it's going so far, Tanya? I think it's going a okay, Captain. All right. <laughs> All right, Skipper. Here we go. <laughs> All right, so let's start with some bad news. Guys, I said it over and over again, guys. It's uh, it's tough out there just in the cruising world. It's just difficult to just watch everything that I'm seeing happening. And um, I've steadfastly claimed that I don't feel as though I have – the heart to book a cruise right now until I start seeing something happen. And earlier in the week, there was this huge celebration that Royal Caribbean, you know what I mean? The first of the big three, the first major cruise line is going back to sea, albeit on the other side of the freaking world, nowhere, anywhere close to where we can get on the, on the ship, but it is happening and it is uh, happening in um, Singapore. And everybody was excited about it. There were celebrations all across the cruise content creators. I saw them. I even saw that little image of Don, Don uh, Family Vacations. There was the YouTube thumbnail of him pumping his fist in triumph about a Royal Caribbean ship back to sea. Well, here's an article that's going to, again, guys, I'm not trying to be Joe Pessimism over here. But again, just another reason why, uh, hey, cruising's coming back. But it's not going to be back for a minute. And this story with the Quantum of the Seas from Royal Caribbean International back in Singapore due to a potential COVID-19 positive case. One case on this giant ship out of Singapore is going to shoot the whole thing down. Guests are expected to disembark the ship shortly. Uh, We have a quote. A passenger on board Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Seas has tested positive for COVID-19 and has been immediately isolated. Emergency response plans have been activated according to the guidelines, including immediate isolation, contact tracing, deep cleaning of the ship. Uh, could you imagine if you're getting back on a ship after all these years or years, months, and you're taking <laughs> all these precautions and everybody's, you know, basically walking around in hazmat suits and, yeah, I'm having a great time, but I can't drink my pina colada through my hazmat helmet that I got on. Of course, that's an exaggeration right there, but it's just kind of like a little bit of a, you know, it feels that way sometimes, right? It's kind of like, here's your birthday cake. Now I'm going to step on it. A little bit. And nobody can have any of it. Right. And I do respect, dude, those of you who out there, I'll give a big shout out to Paul Ewing, who just keeps booking cruises like an absolute mental patient. (laughs) (laughs) And Paul knows I'm totally kidding right now. (laughs) I I thought you were going to say maniac, but your adjectives are. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Paul, I, I... I really mean it when I say I respect mm-hmm. his tenacity to book these cruises. But, you know, he'll be, he'll be like, oh, Royal Caribbean's shutting down cruising until February 1st. I could just picture Paul just going, oh, well, let's see what they got on February 2nd. 
<laughs> see what's out there on February second. I'm sure they. You know, That's so what funny. Could go, what could go wrong? You know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I, as I, what's as the I, worst that could happen? Right. And shout out to Paul because Paul, oh, what a what a story that was when we went to San Juan, and I had said Tanya that we were going to do a peer run, and those of you who know peer runs and. You know, it's, you know, most of you know the story already, so I'll just go quick. We were out there drinking in San Juan. We were going to do a planned pier run, photographed pier run in St. Martin. Okay. But we ended up in San Juan so much later than we thought we'd be. And we're hanging out, having a good time. Everybody goes back to the ship. But myself, Paul, Jonathan, my buddy Joe, and Chris, we stay back even more. But then me, Paul, and Jonathan, and Nicole stop off at another bar to do one final shot, we get back to the ship. Obviously, it's dark out. It's like a quarter to ten. We get there, and they're radioing. Like, they got they got the radios out. And we're like, yeah, we'll get her. Like, do you realize that you almost missed the ship? They're like, no. Like, and then she gets on the radio. We got them. We got them here. To the point where our friends, who they knew we were sailing with, they held them at the elevator. <laughs> and they say, you're staying here because in the event we have to have you help us get your friends back because otherwise we're going to have to leave without them. Oh, no. And that's kind of what went down. So um, I didn't know. It was an impromptu peer run. Where they let us through. They told us we were probably the last ones on the ship. No, we were definitely the last <laughs> ones on the ship. And now you're between two giant ships, right? So there's one ship over here that's our ship. The other one is not our ship. Okay? I would have been so pissed if yeah. i would have been traveling with you that i think i would have been like leave them many people, let them learn their lesson many people often are and <laughs> i would have been so mean yeah many people often that's are. kind of like why i didn't go on in the little dinghy boat in montauk that makes sense let them have their cake i get it so then it was a drunken moment where it was like a movie it was like out of a movie we get past the first or row nightmare. of security and now we see there's this basic pier and there's one giant cruise ship with thousands of people on it and then our cruise ship with thousands of people on it. And I looked at Jonathan and we've been talking about pier runs for three years on this show and Paul was with us and Paul's a, a listener and now a friend and Jonathan is with, is with me and I met him through Chris and now we're friends, you know, the, the, and, then, and then Nicole and it was like an inspirational movie, like a movie. I was like, you see all those people? You see that pier? You want to run it? Was this your Rudy moment? It was just exactly <laughs> like Rudy. And then Paul's like, I got a, I got a peer run in me. I was like, Jonathan, you want to run this mother? <laughs> John's like, yeah, let's run it. I'm like, let's go. And we ran. And I'm telling you, because I've run peers before, both ships, a loud crowd of approval yeah, screaming. Yeah, somewhere us. in the crowd, John yes. Favreau's going, he's yeah. so little. Yeah. He's, <laughs> who's the wild man now? <laughs> And we got that applause that we wanted. It was a rush. And I'm doing pirouettes running. I'm screaming. I'm in, the, I'm in the face of Paul. I'm in the face of Jonathan. You want to? That's what I'm talking about. We, we, it was, we were amped up. We were amped up and we ran the pier. It is on video. There's a slight video. Now, the video doesn't do it justice because it was just very, very far away. But it is what it is. But the point is, is so that... the video... You all just look like maniacs. We look like you know, like little people. It's like we look like ants, is what it was, because it was filmed from you know, twenty decks up. But either way, so my point is, is that Paul, love you. It just, I just, 
don't have the faith in being able to go on any of these cruises because you got to remember we're still not there and you know damn well in the beginning you're going to be a lab rat before you get on that ship they're going to be poking and prodding you you know i mean all sorts of stuff are you a communist uh have you ever been to cuba like they're gonna like oh hey, there's, hey. there's gonna be no it's good I, I, i've been to cuba twice nothing wrong with that but here's what we know the suspected positive case was reported in the middle of the night so it was a night case okay guests were asked to remain in their staterooms as the ship came back to singapore a day early day three of a four-day cruise to where singapore nowhere Oh, they do those. So it just went out. Yeah, that's, well, that's how they're starting. So that's what I'm saying that's too, what guys. About. You're gonna have to go on cruise to nowheres, all that stuff, and all you guys booking these cruises. You're already in mind, and I'm sorry. And this is is this is this me doing a good job of promoting my, promoting my travel agency? Um, not a bit. Tom. No, right? Okay. So in 2014, uh, the ship uh, from Royal Caribbean is capped out to 50 percent. From its maximum of 4,100. So that's, what is that? That's 2,150. Um, there are 1,680 passengers on board, however, meaning the ship is operating at around 40% uh, occupancy. Uh, guests will be able to disembark on Thursday, but they will be required to monitor. Now you're a hostage situation. Now you're on this <laughs> damn ship and nobody can go anywhere because you got to get your health tested for COVID. Uh, and for the next two weeks, you can't do anything or go anywhere. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. What do you think of the Christmas tree, Tanya? Um, <laughs> the one here or the one out in the Singapore ship? No, you don't. That that one. That Christmas tree is being tested for COVID nineteen now. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this tree is beautiful. I think it is. The tree in my in my in my apartment in the studio. It's actually it, it's a. I'm very impressed by this tree. It's beautiful to the point that it looks like it's almost fake, but a good fake. If you heard the story behind getting this tree. It was absolutely, it was crazy. It was with crazy people to, to a crazy place. And if you want to hear it, uh, you can go on patreon.com slash always be booked. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked. And along with that story, all you have to do is pay $5 a month and you'll get an extra show every day. Listen to me, everybody. If you jumped off board, I get it. I was kind of like slacking with the shows. But right now, there is a show every single day and this time too i told you i'm kind of back in new york i'm back in my roots i got a lot of people that come through the apartment and i have a lot of people that i call on the phone and we're going to be having a lot of guests on the patreon but i tell this crazy story about how i acquired this tree I heard with the nicole tree story you did here right it's very funny okay p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked five dollars a month you get an extra show a day, and I mean that, an extra show a day. We're back in business. Patreon.com slash always be booked. Back so, in business, baby. Back where we belong. In New York. <laughs> and those are the types of things that happen that happen sometimes around here. So, um, Anyway, the tree is gorgeous. Here's an interesting... My tree yeah. is about... Two feet tall. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I, I, I'm not gonna do this every year. This is just nice. I, I think you should. It's like an, it's like a seven and foot, seven and a half foot tree. It's nice. I it's like gorgeous. it. Gorgeous. So, um, looks a lot better than. Guests will be able to disembark on Thursday, but they will be required to monitor their health for the next two weeks and will be required to have a COVID-19 swab test at the end of the 14-day period. The test will be arranged by Royal Caribbean. No quarantine or isolation is required. So, okay, so you got to monitor your health. 
and then you get tested. So there is no quarantine in Singapore, I guess. Uh, of note, Royal Caribbean, this is weird. This is unprecedented. And all the that all of you that want to go on this ship, the Quantum of the Seas, might want to be interested in the fact that uh, Royal Caribbean has allowed smoking in the staterooms, bathrooms, for the time being. So you can smoke in your staterooms bathroom. For the time being, I guess you can't keep those Asians away from smoking, right? They have to. I just think it's gross. I think smoking in like smoking in a small confined place is gross. Yeah. Well, that's what they're letting people do. Royal Caribbean, a Miami based cruise line will offer a prorated cash refund for the day missed at sea, so you get a day. So that's what'll happen. If you have to miss a day, they're gonna break it down by the day. So if you're on a uh, you know, two-day cruise that you paid 400 bucks for, they're going to give you back the one day or whatever it is. Cruise to nowhere, here, there, wherever. Royal Caribbean will also provide a day of future cruise credit for a future sailing. They're hedging so much towards the future, too. That kind of makes me nervous a little bit, too. All of the stuff that they have to kind of do and make up for, they're pushing back. And eventually, the chickens are going to come home to roost. And they're going to have to kind of make good on all these promotions. And how is that going to affect the stock down the road? We will see. What else is here? There are So on this, so there were 1,680 guests on board and 1,148 crew. So that, I will say, it seems like on these cruises... What they're doing is cutting, since you can only sail at 50% capacity, they're cutting the guest count, but it seems like they're leaving the crew count where it's supposed to be. And I guess that's a, a, a nod for the positive in that, you know, you get a lot of special attention. That you're, They're very well staffed, whereas, you know, it would be the same 1148 crew members that would have to tend to over 4,000 guests on a normal cruise. Wow. So that's a good thing, I guess, right? I guess. Hey, Tanya, when I mentioned the company Boeing to you, what does that mean to you? 747 Jets. Well, a lot of sevens. It's it's 747 Jets. It's planes in general, pretty much. Yes, 757s. 737s. Did you hear about the issue they had a couple years ago? Um, Yeah, they released these giant jets, and two of them ended up going down. One yeah. of them was, um, I believe, Ethiopia, and the other one, was it Singapore? Close, Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah, so they were the Boeing 737 Maxes, and you know, there's a lot that of a lot of people who kind of, I guess, tie into the whole cruise game, travel game. A lot of people are also into the whole plane game, and they're kind of like uh, aviation connoisseurs or or uh, a- aviation, what would you say, aficionados. And so this thing was uh, grounded. So the 737 MAX, new plane from Boeing, uh, used across or intended to be used across several different airlines. And uh, we had some problems. So there were two fatal crashes, uh, 346 people on one. uh, And then there was another one in Ethiopia, as Tanya just mentioned. Um, And it it was a very, very sad story, obviously. 302 were on the other one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so two two issues. Anytime that's going to happen. And I always, do you remember the Concorde? Yeah. 
And it's weird because I feel like there was one or two Concord crashes. And you're talking about, when you were talking about the Concord, you were talking about an amazing piece of aviation. Now, what was it? Do you remember? Maybe you could look that up. How fast could you get from New York to London or New York I to Paris? I don't remember how fast it was, but I remember it was like the thing. Like, yeah. we're flying the Concord. Yeah. You know, it's. And I have no idea what that accent was. It was like six different, <laughs> it was the entire European Union rolled into one accent. <laughs> It was my, my my Bridget Jones. Okay. All right. I like ice cream. If you could see this, ladies and gentlemen, you would laugh your ass off even anyway, more than you The Any- Concorde, um, I believe it cut the flight time in half. Okay. So it was maybe instead of... Hour and a half? No. Two hours? No, I think it was going to be like a four and a half hour flight. Um. So it was... I, I, don't, think, I don't think it was that much. I'm going to ramble for a little bit. Could you look that up? Yeah. How long was that? So what it was is that you can get a very, very significantly cut time going from New York to to France or anywhere in Europe, London, wherever it was. I just it was Air France, so it was France. That's the Concorde was a French company. It had that very, very unique look. I remember being in a grade schooler or an early high schooler and remembering hearing the windows rattle of my high school because it would leave whatever whatever it was, and you would always hear it too. Two hours and 52 minutes and 59 seconds from New York to London. So New York to London in just under three hours. Mm-hmm. That's like the time it takes to get to Florida. So that was pretty impressive. But it did have a couple of mishaps. And I was just surprised to see that just after a couple of mishaps, it completely, uh, you know, they, they, they abandoned the project completely. And a cool thing that ties in with cruising, if you ever do cruise out of New York, you'll notice that you cruise right across from what is a former aircraft carrier called the Intrepid, and then he converted into a museum, Sea Air Intrepid Sea Air and Space Museum. I went as a little kid. I was even interested as like not even being a historian at that point. I want to go back there. I don't know if it's open right now because of COVID, but have you I been? don't I don't know if it's open but it's I haven't been but it is just to me it's fascinating that there are crafts that are big enough for other crafts to land on top of and take off from yes like that to me is just like whoa it is fascinating and it's fascinating in the process because if you ever watched them it's crazy because you see them take off and when they get off the ship they clear the ship they dip down first and then they kind of go back up. They're like a little bit of like a, they catch. They're like, because it's like they didn't quite get enough speed to kind of just go continuously up. And if I'm not mistaken, if you've ever watched footage of it, you kind of see them just speed off the deck and they kind of take a little dip and then they catch their momentum and then they fly upwards. It's Ooh. crazy. But yeah, it's got to be nerve wracking. But the Intrepid Sea, Air and Space Museum holds a Concorde on there, one of the former Concorde of, of plane from the Concorde fleet. Aviation is just not something you want to mess around with. And if there's anything, whether it's cruising, whether it's trains, whether it's planes, whether it's whatever, the biggest thing anybody's going to talk about is safety. So when you have two fatal crashes like that, of course, there's going to be a lot of problems. But in a triumphant return, there was a flight. Of the 737, and this is what I don't believe, Tanya. Mm -hmm. It was media on board. So, yeah, I kind of don't. Out of of control. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. That's balls. Ballsy. So, there's a bunch of people in the media, and they're going to prove that this plane is safe and it's going to return to air and this thing's crashed twice. (laughs) Well, let's get a bunch of media people. Well, the quote is it's, uh, it has been claimed approved. Airworthy. Airworthy, yeah. Exactly. Like Airworthy. Your ship is seaworthy. Uh, that's a that's a regular aviation term. Um, 
I, I don't know how they didn't lead with, hey, guys, remember when we tried this a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, exactly. And we crashed two planes with a bunch of people on board? I wonder we're if We're going to do it again. This time, we're going to have media on board. Right. So if you don't hear about it, that's why. <laughs> that's a very, very good point. <laughs> we're going to round up all the media. So if this thing goes down, nobody's going to know. <laughs> nobody's going to know. Or you're going to get some really, really good footage everybody's gonna have a camera (laughs) and you're gonna see the whole thing so the flight went from dallas to tulsa and that's texas to oklahoma so we're not actually uh, really putting too much pressure on the engine for this little quick little flight the media was on board as i said uh what had happened was they upgraded the software on board there were some faulty sensors that gave the wrong message to i guess uh, if something happened, they give the message to where the nose would go downward. And I think that's not good on a plane when you're trying to stay up in the air. The message was that the, 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 the nose would go downward based on a sensor that would give the, the controls the wrong information. Now, I know I'm sounding like about as smart as Elon Musk with all this stuff, and I'm giving you this <laughs> real detailed thing. Plane went down, nose down. That's really all I got, but it was bad. But they upgraded it. They fixed it. Now there are dual sensors, and there's a system of checks and balances. That even if one sensor tells the nose to go down, there'll be another sensor that can overrule. It's sort of like, you know, the... the, the sort ju- of like having siblings. Yeah, it's like I the mean. judicial system and the executive system and the... Uh, all right, so... Families of the lost passengers are making quite a stink about this, and understandably so. You have to feel like there probably is an understandable level of rage when you get on these types of things, when you get on planes, when you get on cruise ships, when you get on trains. You put your life in the hands of technology, and what is technology? It's invented by human beings. So you're putting the life, your life in the hands of other human beings and when that kind of like lets you down you know you feel like all the homework is done by people that are smarter than you right and when it all falls to shit what you're going to get what you're going to get here which is the families they're kind of calling this a pr scheme they're saying that nobody should ever fly on these planes don't do it you know what don't fall for it but listen i could tell you one thing tanya and you'd probably agree this plane this particular plane cannot afford another crash it, it definitely cannot afford another crash, but I'm also curious as to, like you were talking about the technology and the nose down and versus the technology that would make it go up. Is it just because it's just too heavy? Like, is that part of it? Is it that the engineering behind it just isn't complete? I mean, Tanya, you're, you're bringing up a good point, I guess, but how would you'd have to expect that you know, someone would look into that, right? You'd have to expect that someone would uh, see, hey, is this thing too heavy? I don't or know. Do you think that they launched 200 of them and on 201st, no. they were like, I think no, we got it's this, a, guys. It's a sensor I issue. We, I think we figured it out. It's a sensor issue, and apparently they fixed the glitch. Hopefully, you know, it is, we're making a little bit light of it, but it is an absolutely tragic and sad story initially. Oh, no, making light but of then, it. No, I'm, I am a little bit. We're just kind of like talking in jest or whatever, but I'm just saying that it does sound like they did get their act together, and let's just hope it just doesn't happen again is all you can say. Now, they're going to do the first official flight, not a test flight, not a media flight, will be on December 29th. It's going to go from Miami to New York City. Uh, you want to guess the flight number? I, I, please don't tell me it's like 9-11 or something. Oh, geez, no. Come on. No, it's 718. American Airlines, United, and Southwest will all do a phased-in approach as far as taking these planes on. 
So they're going to be used by all the major airlines. Now, here's the interesting part of it. Now, let me ask you, Tanya, you were going, let's just pretend you're going to Florida in a couple of months. You book your ticket and you find out it's one of these planes. How are you feeling about it? Well, that was going to be my next question is, um, as a passenger, do you, would you have a choice? Would you have a, a choice to say, I, I, or to choose, like, I don't want that yes, one? Yes, yes. When you do book any booking on that particular flight, there's going to be an alert sent to you. The minute you book it, and the, they will let you know that you'll be, you will be on a 737 MAX, and you will have the option to cancel or change your flight. I would opt out. I wouldn't I wouldn't take it. You wouldn't do it? No, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it I either. mean I wouldn't get on the first thing in the first place. <laughs> I, you know that. I wouldn't do it because of the history and like even after COVID and everything. I I mean, I don't know. I think I, at that point I probably just wanna take take my chances on a greyhound yeah yeah well i mean a lot of people i know i know probably a lot of people out there are aviation enthusiasts and they would probably get on it and check it out and you know what they there's also another mentality thinking that like you know they cannot f- afford another crash on this plane whatsoever so if there's ever going to be a piece of equipment that is set to not malfunction it's going to be this particular plane right. so there are 24 737 maxes that are in the field right now and there's another 76 of them that are on order that are coming to an airport near you now obviously it is what it is customer confidence is going to be the key uh to making sure that people are you know going to be able to get on these things and not continue i wonder what that'll be like how many i guess cancellations or rebookings or reschedulings will it take for them to maybe scale back from doing these things that was going to be my yeah. question too it's that it's like oh okay well I, I mean i don't know start with you know seven yeah and put one at each major international airport for a while let's yes. see how it goes let's try it out right rather than like let's you know this enthusiasm of you know nobody took the Hindenburg and said like hey let's make five more of these right exactly (laughs) I'm sorry oh the humanity (laughs) alright so have you ever heard of um, this is the third annual I believe Uh, it's called Petcon yeah I've heard of it because I used to have two cats and uh, I've followed the uh, the Westminster dog, dog show. show. You have two cats, so you follow the dog show. That makes sense, okay? The Westminster dog show is probably one of the best like times in television where you just see people run and like. It, 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 There's a movie out. It's called Best in Show, and that's a- it was celebrated last last week. We were trying to remember what movie it was by one of the people who has lost his life and he made these types of movies he was in Anchorman he said so last week I couldn't remember the show the movie this week I can't remember the guy's name I can't remember the guy's name but but, but he was such a good a straight man now I don't say that in a sexual way I don't say that in a non-PC way I say that as the old school you know the actual funny goofy guy versus the kind of like the dry humored straight man in a comedy duo or a routine now this guy does the best he's usually a commentator of some sort and he really plays a good kind of satirical kind of man with the microphone type of a scenario and uh, best in show I completely recommend it kind of 
puts a magnifying glass over the whole world of dog shows. And yes, if you know if you love dog shows and you're a real dog show enthusiast, you may get a little offended by it. But if you have a little bit of a sense of humor about it, you'd really get a kick out well, of it. Well, I it's didn't even watch it. I, I didn't watch it because of the whole dog show aspect of it. I watched it because it was Eugene Levy and Moira. Um, Maureen O'Hara. Okay. Um, you know, like a lot of people either, I think our generation knows her as the mom from Home Stifler's Alone. mom? No. Stifler's mom was the other one. She was also in it. Yeah, she was also in okay. it. Okay. I think like that little comedy troupe, they're always yeah. in these like. Yeah, they do a lot of. Very they, funny They do a lot of work together. That are not like mainstream. Um, but they were also in. Um, Schitt's Creek, which is have you have you watched it? Yeah, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't. K, Mrs. This is, this is so the thing funny. we talk about it before the K compound. I love the lovely Miss K. We, you know, we're, we're very very close, close. We're very close at the hip. I've lived in the K compound twice. Who knows if there'll be a third? There probably will be uh, at some point. But she and her and I, both of her and me. <laughs> And myself do not. I heard it. And I yeah. was wondering if both you of her both to address it. Sometimes it is like this. Sometimes she does have I two personalities, though. Her. But there was they, they, we can't get along on TV. We've talked about that at length. We can't get along with the same TV shows. But she had a, an absolute uh, guttural passion for Shit's Creek, I think and, and I found so I found it to I be just. It. I found it to be uh, very, very contrived tomfoolery, and it was not up my alley. But either way, so, all right, so PetCon. PetCon is happening, and it's real. And what it is now is Instagram famous pets. So you have all this wave of, you know, Instagram models and TikTokers and people who have not or otherwise would not have been famous, but now because of these these platforms there's a lot of fame coming to them there's a lot of there's a world of endless amount of riches and exposure and fame and you know what it's it, god, god bless them god bless well, every one of them tom do you are you familiar with any famous pet animal i got i'm gonna read you a couple of them right now well no no are you personally familiar with any yes of them? i'm gonna tell you them, okay. the ones i'm familiar with okay now anybody who's any anybody knows kenzie okay Kenzie is a dog who loves to travel, and uh, Kenzie also is known for knowing exactly where to go to find the best brunch spots. Um, there's also Moochie. Have you heard of Moochie? Nope, I haven't heard of okay. Moochie or Kenzie. Moochie goes right for the wine. Now, some of Moochie's friends, they say it could be a problem a little bit, but Moochie does say she could stop anytime she wants. And she's got this thing all under control, but she loves the wine. Moochie is a boozer. These are all dogs, by the way. Maxie is also in the house. She's going to be at Petcom. Petcon, if you want to get an autograph or whatever, a portograph. Uh, a portograph. She, she is known for having the fluffiest backside on Instagram. So I guess this is like the uh, Kardashian of dogs. So Maxie swears it's all her in the backside. She swears no Plastic surgery has been involved, but I don't know. I'm a little suspicious. She's got quite the backyard. Uh, Elobine is also going to be there. Elobine is is really like she does a lot of charity work. She's an advocate for misplaced dogs everywhere. 
And, uh, you know, this is a very well-attended event usually. Obviously, you know, we can't do it. This actually already happened last Saturday, and they couldn't do it live as much this year. Obviously, they're doing it, but it's mostly a virtual event. But it's a lot of talks. You can get, like, you can, it's free to watch, but you could also upgrade to a $35 VIP member. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get tons of panels. You could see, you could check out online. They'll have like panels and talks and discussions like pitbull advocacy, how to properly train your pet. There'll be classroom situations on how to make better pet centric TikTok videos. And who doesn't need that? Well, I mean, I guess the, the, the best part about that $35 is that yeah. it is a donation that goes, um, it goes towards, I think it's like the Animal Cancer Foundation. It goes, okay. to, it, it, it's a donation that goes back towards um, animal care and it's not, it's not for profit. Right. So I think that that's awesome. Either way, um, I think it's a great cause. I think it's awesome. Uh, Tanya, I want to ask you this next. Yes. Oh. What do you think are, let's just talk about Christmas because we are during the most wonderful time of the year right now. It is the Christmas season mm-hmm. and I really kind of enjoy it. I don't know what it is about me. I always did when I was a kid. I always remember the first time I heard, like for me, the song was, the quintessential song was, um, uh, what is it called? Do They Know It's Christmas Time of Year? Uh, do they? What, what's the name of that song? Pray for the other one. Feed the world. <laughs> it, it was a, I'm just yelling lyrics from the song. Know, not as much terrible. yelling, yelling the name, people. but li- um, Live Aid or Live from Africa. Do they know yeah. it's Christmas time? Exactly, exactly. That's what, I need to never. When I hear those again. chimes, when I hear that like uh, that those chimes and that jingle, bond, jingle, that big jingle, bell in the jingle. in the beginning, I like I like it. So I, I get I get into it, and especially working in Johnny Utah's all those years and being around the Christmas spectacular. Oh, yeah. Now I'm not gonna lie to you. You put me in that room with the Christmas spectacular. I went with a, a young lady one year, and I I, w- I was definitely snoring before the second act. But I've never seen it. You haven't seen it. Okay. Well, maybe there's still time. Maybe not. I don't think this year, but the, there is. The, it can still happen. Now, I want to ask you mm-hmm. your top five. Let's just say most enjoyable Christmas pieces of let's call it media. It could be a movie. It could be a play. It could be a TV hmm. show. Something that you watch with your eyes. You hear with your ears, and you enjoy. That's celebrating Christmas. Go. A, uh, okay, a play. I love the movie Elf. Elf is Elf categorizes as one. Elf. Um, that's a very popular one. That's with Will Ferrell, right? Yes. I haven't seen it, but I hear very it good is, things about it. It's just fun. Yeah. Can you name one Will Ferrell flop? Uh, yes. The one where he was like a soccer dad. Really? Yeah. I don't. And even it wasn't funny. It. I was just like, what am I watching? Tanya, yeah? I consider to you, and I hereby call you. A Will Ferrell Scrooge. But go ahead. What's the next piece of media? How dare you? It's, it's true. Um, a Christmas story is just, if you know how it's always on yes, 24 hours? but that's it. If that's, it. It doesn't matter if it's but played out. That, I don't care. It doesn't matter if it's played out. And I love that the kid who played him played an elf in the movie Elf. Yes. He's, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Of, uh, it's just so cute. Anyway, it seems so adorable. The, those two. Um, That's where the leg, the leg light, the, the leg lamp, the leg lamp became it's famous, right? Okay. Yes. Number, you got another one. Fragile. Um. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> I remember we were sitting around, and my sister. I told you she's a, a radical left wing liberal, 
and um, she is. That's what she is. What do you want me to do? She'll tell um, you. She'll tell you she is if she was here right now. I don't and think what, she would use the word radical. Yes, yeah, she would. She's used the word radical. Okay, she's okay. like I've been right, radicalized. You know better than I do. She says, yeah. So if we were watching that, that movie came on, and we were with uh, a, a a cousin, a younger cousin who was like. You know, eleven years old. Now, my sister, she'll she'll love the wine. She'll start banging down wine. Doesn't matter. She could be solo. She could be with. She likes the wine. So she was drinking wine. Now, none of us else in the family like. I like to booze. You guys know that. I don't have to tell you that. But when I'm with the family, I don't see the reason for it. I'm a party booze guy. I'm hanging out with dad, having some turkey, my brother. I don't need to bang down half a bottle of Jim Beam. That's just where I'm at. So I go through that sober. My sister says, no, there's no chance I'm going through this sober with you Republican whack jobs. So she is Give sitting. your sister's number. Well, she's sitting at the, um, she's sitting in a chair. And our cousin is sitting there, and he's about 11 years old, and he's not really understanding what he's watching, and the Christmas story comes on, and that part is coming on, where it's for Gile, and then my sister's a little, she's on her like fifth or sixth class, so (laughs) she's getting such a kick out of this, and she goes to the kid, to the kid, Josh, do you see that? Do you see how dumb men are? Look at look at the dumb and she's laughing. Look at the dumb man, and I'm, I look at her and I was like pissed. I was like, "Don't you want everybody to get ahead?" Isn't it? She's like, "Oh, you've been you the way the men have treated women for all these years. You could take it back a little bit. You know, this is what he needs to learn. The men are dumb and like oh, she was she was not um." You know, she was a little drunk, so I'll give her a little bit of... And the next day, she's always like, well, don't be dramatic about it. It wasn't that bad. And she doesn't act like that. When she's sober, she's like... I, I kid I kid about my sister being so radical as she is. When she's sober, she's uh, absolutely fine. We can have, like, legitimate discussions. We'll never agree, but she'll, she'll sit in and it'll be like a respectful conversation. But then when the wine hits on a Sunday after, like, a brunch, I think there's, like... Uh, I think I've probably spent about 64 hours... Uh, you know, of us just not being siblings anymore <laughs> because of, you know, we, we, you know, because of a little Kian, a little red, little, little Sauvignon Blanc after, uh, after her, Savvy after her tofu or whatever she's eating over there. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's I mean, that. All right. What else? So we got, we got through. Okay. We th- have Elf. We have the Christmas story. I like the Nutcracker. Okay. Let's stop there because okay. the Nutcracker was the one I was waiting to hear from. I'm surprised you actually said that. It's a pretty good coincidence because the Nutcracker is a very, very famous, as you guys know, uh, ballet. Yeah, and they emailed me. The original production was launched on February 2nd in 1954, and it's most famous for that quince- quintessential scene with the wooden soldiers and mm-hmm. things like that. And I'm sure you guys are all familiar with that, but... There is uh, the the live show is obviously shut down, like all Broadway is due to the pandemic. But the powers that be, they got together and they created a very creative, to use the same word twice, way to offer a performance virtually online. You'll be able to log on anytime between uh, December 11th and January 3rd. You will have to pay $25, but you can watch the show from home. Don't get me wrong. I have always loved the ballet and I can't wait to go back. It's kind of like my, I, I kind of feel like, Ooh, I'm a New Yorker and I'm going to go see the ballet. And I had a cocktail before and it, it's just a, a really great experience. 
I'm not paying $25 to watch it online. If I was a like um, contributor or, you know, if I was a wealthy person who had a penthouse, I would definitely donate $25 towards the arts. But that $25 can go towards my groceries. So you wouldn't, you're not, so I, I would equate it to like, you know, how women like to, uh, you know, they like things like the ballet. You wouldn't chalk it up to like how a man would watch like a pay-per-view boxing event or something like that. You just don't think it's worth it at all? No, I, I it's not that I don't think that it's worth it. I think part of the experience of going to the ballet is the experience of going to the ballet it's getting dressed up and it's yeah going no to that's a true theater and it's, yeah i know, i feel that you're like you go to a ballet you feel like you know what i'm a classy broad a for a special day special event it's yeah. not you know um yeah. it, it's not something that i want to you wave to the people on the bus yeah you, clearly you're not going to the ballet this evening <laughs> uh clearly tonight I, mean, I don't know about tomorrow but tonight for tonight okay. i am better I than you am i'm better, better than you yeah, and exactly you don't even know why so, but I can't be bothered to tell you. No, but I'm not going to, you know, I would love to contribute to the arts. And I love that they're doing this because I know that people will stream this, but I'm not going to be one of them. I got you. I can miss it for the year. Um, so this particular performance is it's gonna this particular performance that will be available is gonna be the one from Lincoln Center. Uh, it was under the direction of Andrew Litton. It has fifty professional dancers from the New York City Ballet, and it also has sixty children from the School of American Ballet and a sixty-two piece New York City Ballet Orchestra. So they're not pulling any punches. I do understand and agree with everything that Tanya's saying when you talk about going into the city, doing the town, having a martini or a glass of wine, and kind of having that be, you know, like us. We're you know, we, we dabble. I've done the same thing with the theater, the, as I like, but as I like to call it, the theater on those nights that I like to go to it. The theatre. The the theatre. The theatre. Do you remember the best show that we ever saw ever? What was that? It was the very last Oh yeah, the of talk in, in the Heights. And did you hear about yes, its release? Yes, I did. High five. I've talked to you guys about In the Heights at length and told you how obsessed with it and how it brings me to tears watching this beautiful, beautiful show. And I couldn't believe it because while it did win Best Musical, the Tony Award, it was a very short-lived. It had to be, and I would love to do this research, and I probably won't, but I'll it, do it. it might be the shortest run musical of any musical that actually won best musical the tony award the the, the the granddaddy of them all the big award that you want to win so i don't know if there was a maybe not of course i'm just completely guessing that but just for me it felt like it was a short run but cool enough you know and by the way you know you guys may or may not know this for me exhaustingly telling you that this is the same guy who put out hamilton which has literally is the biggest musical of all time mm -hmm. i mean it's it's everywhere i've never seen hamilton but i have a little bit of a resentment for hamilton because of the fact that i'm just an in the heights fan but in the heights the movie is going to be released in theaters and on hbo in june so very excited. Very, we very, should watch it together. We should have we like should. a watch party. We should definitely have. I, I think that's automatically going to happen. Yeah. Definitely. All right, next story up. Now, we should have probably covered this while we were talking about airplanes before. But I want to ask you, Tanya, how do you feel about, in general, just in general, about emotionally support, 
emotional support animals? I think some of them are necessary. You do? Okay. Yeah. Give me like a area where you think it might be necessary. And, uh, you know, if you've ever kind of like uh, in your life walking around in your day-to-day in New York City seen, okay, well, this is a little bit egregious whether they were allowed in restaurants or whether, you know, they kind of like use that as a way to get their pets wherever they kind of want to go. Right. Well, I've seen people with, actually, I saw this yesterday. You know, they have their dogs that have a little vest that say, please do not pet me. I'm working. Isn't that a service animal? It's a service animal, yeah. but a service animal is also, that's your emotion. They're working. They it's are two there. different things. So a service animal is something, buddy, that you, like if you're blind and you need the dog. No, but this person wasn't blind. Okay. So, okay, I guess, but these two animals are still doing the a service animal and an emotional support animal are still kind of doing a job i agree there's totally situations where an emotional support animal can kind of take on that moniker of service animal in a certain way because you're talking about ptsd sometimes you're talking about people who have uh, don't have all their limbs you're talking about people who are legitimately anxious and doctor kind of i guess not just one of these fluffy prescriptions or whatever they, they really do need the animal and definitely there's uh you know the for, for the people who are blind or otherwise handicapped physically totally get that now a couple years ago royal caribbean they, they didn't let guests bring emotional support animals on board and there was a big to do about it i actually covered it in the cruise news but There is a big, I guess, what would you say? It's a big argument between what is a service animal and an emotional support animal. So here's the thing. Here's why it's an issue. When you're talking about planes and you're talking about aviation. Now, just two years ago, the amount of emotional support animals that were on on planes, that actually boarded planes, was half a million, 481,000. And that's just ridiculous. That's just you're just okay well how about this you're gonna like that you like that this is gonna be really ridiculous <laughs> today current day de- current day uh-huh. 800,000 so it doubled almost see this is why people who actually need emotional support animals get pissed at people who are like well I mean I want princess to come with me uh, she can't ride and you know right storage. it's a little bit of just selfishness it, it is and And it sucks because it's one of those cases where like, you know, your selfishness is just causing... Ruining it for everybody. You're ruining it for everybody. And the people who really need it are suffering. And so now what? They're screwed because they can't fly with their... People with actual PTSD, with actual anxiety, with actual like problems can't have their own emotional support because you just don't want your dog to fly. Don't freaking bring your dog. I couldn't agree with you anymore. So the problem is a couple of the problems that they see that are coming into play with this are, um, you know, they fly free. First of all, if you get any piece of paper from anybody who's dubbed as a medical professional Mm -hmm. and they like you and they're like, you're in their good graces, they'll just give you a permission slip and that, dog that animal that whatever can fly for free some of the complaints is that 
know, these things, they're not always trained properly. They can, you know, harass and kind of, you know, maul, for lack of better terms, fellow passengers of obviously uh, not, not really mauling, but just being all over the place and out of control. Um, they can leave messes, and we all know what kind of messes we're talking about when you're talking about living uh, beings, or li- living uh, animals with biology and things like that. American Airlines has just basically said, you know, they, they came out and said it. Listen, these these animals are not properly trained. We've had crew members that have been bitten, uh, offensive behavior, excessive barking. Uh, one woman actually tried to get a peacock on board the plane. That's ridiculous. And I have you heard of that story? It, I, I saw it on probably like on BuzzFeed or something. But I saw it and I was like, where where do we draw the line? Like, where do we stop drawing the line? Are you so emotionally disabled that you can't get on a plane with a peacock? I do not want to deal with your peacock. All right. So the, the stories that you hear about this are just absolutely out of control. One man I heard brought a mini horse. You ever see one of those mini horses? They a brought Shetland a, pony? Yeah, if that's what it's called, great. But that's what they tried to bring on a plane, American Airlines. And believe it or not, Tanya, you know what they were? You know what they were on that particular plane, that particular flight? Please. Please tell me. You want me to tell you? Please. Bowel movements. Bowel movements. One woman, this was a great one. One woman, and these are all true stories. One woman brought a monkey and a dog on the plane. And when she was questioned, she said, yes, I need emotional support. But one of them is the other's emotional support animal. No, stop it. Yes, and she declined to tell us. Wait, wait. She declined to tell the airline whose was whose. Like, is the dog emotionally supporting the monkey or is the monkey emotionally supporting the dog? She wouldn't say. Hold on. So there's basically one person with a problem with two people, or I'm sorry, two animals who cannot handle their own problems. Well, one can. One can. So the emotional support of one... So there's a hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a hierarchy. So it's a pyramid scheme yeah. of emotional it's support. It's a flying uh, emotional pyramid scheme, and there's nobody there's nobody there to stop it until today. <laughs> until today. So the until department... Yeah, somebody laid down the, the law. The Department of Transportation is involved now. Uh, January 2021, they are shutting down animals besides dogs so forget about all your other so they, you can't really be so stark in like kind of like laying down the legislation or the policy on this so they're going to start off slow they're going to say all right listen we're only taking dogs because stop with the horses stop with the peacocks stop with the hyenas whatever it is you're trying to bring on <laughs> here we're only going with dogs stop with your raccoons yeah. and your rabid ferrets yeah. or whatever delta and southwest are also taking a look at their policies and probably going to follow suit um like I said, this happened with cruise ships a couple of years ago. And for me, it's no problem as long as it's legit, uh, you know, type of there's veterans out there who have PTSD who need these, these these animals. And, you know, elderly people, you see them doing the doing bringing them to nursing homes. And I love that know, with therapy. Yeah, with like that's fine. And, and nursing homes where, where you know, you, awesome. it's not a mode of transportation. But these should be domesticated animals. It shouldn't be an animal that can take a poop in the backyard and you know, gallop away. I couldn't agree with you more. Or fly away. All right, so 
now let's talk about this. Tanya, what is going on? Now, one of the biggest things ever since I've told the story about my dad and my grandfather working for 30 Rock and, you know, Saturday Night Live and David Letterman and all that type of thing and how awesome it was experiencing that growing up and meeting all these mega stars. And it was just my favorite place to be. And it was just kind of like ironic that I would just spend so much time there as a kid only to return there for my adult life to run Johnny Utah's. It was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. It was just kind of like a time warp. Yeah. And one of the, my favorite things to do was to kind of be in that Christmas area and go see the Rockefeller center tree Mm. and people, you know, people proposed there. It was the thing that we would just do. Like we would go out to the clubs when I was younger and we would always just like, for the month of December, we would try to meet girls for the sole intention of taking them on that Rockefeller Center ice skating date where you start out with the hot chocolate, That's you end with the whiskey. Yeah, I remember I bought, I bought a piano scarf and a sweater. And, well, you know, that was when the first That's year. corny yeah, and dorky. The corny and dorky. And, yes, <laughs> it was. It's, it's a disaster. But it was fun and we liked to do it. And it was enjoyable. You know, we was like the, the mobsters, you know. We'd you'd take the girlfriends there one weekend, and then you take the girl from the club there the other. Now I know that's not right. No. I know that's not right. But no. you know you're young and you're, you're trying to do the town and having a. So that's what happened right there. I started out being all like sweet and kind of like. And then you. And then I went dark and you like, made yourself the, the 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 yeah the um, the antihero. Hmm. Either way, so it is what it is. So wh- whatever. This year, for some reason, and mm-hmm. again. I don't get it. I mean, I do get it because 2020 is 2020. This is just 2020 doing 2020 things. <laughs> what the have you seen that tree? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I saw this tree and I was like, damn, my plastic tree looks better than that. And this tree got heat. This yeah. This tree got. Like, it got a lot of heat from... some roasted? This it got tree. roasted on social media. Somebody yeah. said that this tree looks like it has corona. <laughs> yeah. One of them One of them was a 20... If, if if One of them was if 2020 were a tree. Somebody said that. And this tree is a 75-foot tall spruce from Oneonta. Uh-huh. And that explains a lot. Because I don't know how much time you've spent in Oneonta. <laughs> but that is the biggest party school in New York I State. I know. And I used to go there, and there was trips to Cobleskill. There were trips to Oswego. There were trips to New Paul's. There was trips to Cortland. There were trips to Binghamton. The whole circuit. I was thinking about, even though I never spent a day in any of these colleges. Syracuse? Syracuse is a university. Um, this is like along the SUNY route, which is the state, I never... state University of New York. But I would basically, I was thinking about maybe putting a blog together before there were blogs about, you know, the 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 i guess the facilities at all of these suny schools because i had become an expert because we had done so many visits to all friends at all these colleges and gotten so drunk and had such a good time at so many of them i knew every bar and every strip and every you know niche thing about each town and tommy you were a podcaster before you knew you were a podcaster a blogger yeah so then we um but oneonta oneonta was something different oneonta was you know the Oneonta would challenge you, okay? So I don't know. This tree's from Oneonta, a beautiful town. So this town, tree's been uh, roofied. Near the, near the Catskills, I guess. Uh, the Rockefeller Center, the tree has an account. I know. And it clapped back. I love it. 
It said jokingly saying, yeah, sure, I bet you look good after a two-day two day drive too, don't you? I butchered that, but it was what it was. The tree said back through Instagram. So this is what the world we're living in right now. And it gave right like a winky face and it was like, I'll see you at the lighting. We have Rockefeller Center Christmas trees with Instagram accounts talking back to the roasters saying, sure, I bet you look good after a two-day drive too. And okay, well, what happened the last 75 years, this damn tree? The tree looked fine after the drive for 75 years. Maybe it was just too far. Hold on. Did you see the little tiny owl that they found in the tree? Yes. What was the deal with the owl? It was adorable. That was the deal with it. So they just, that owl was there the whole time? Yeah. He was just chilling. He was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. All right. It was kind of like country mouse goes to city mouse. That owl is like a. uh, That owl is probably. Could we call that owl what it is? It's a hobo. (laughs) It's why he has his. If you say a hobo, I imagine the little, uh, I think it's called a rucksack, the little stick with the handkerchief at the end. No different than than a guy with a, with a, with a backpack that jumps a train. (laughs) One of those types. No, this owl is sweet, and I'm going to follow its story, and I will update you next week on the story of the owl that anyway, came in that yeah. dilapidated tree. Well, th- this tree is an absolute disaster. Uh, I thought the article was going was gonna to say, because the article headlines like, oh, how co- why is the tree in this type of shape? The article never addressed it. It didn't give us any reason as to why. Now, I want to go see this thing. I'm going into the city, I think, Saturday. and um, I got to look up some. I got to go. Uh, got to watch them make dessert at uh, Ainsworth or something like that. So, so we'll see how that happens. But I want to see this tree and I want to know, like, did they spruce it up when it gets a good, the tree used to sit there for every single year and look gorgeous even without know. the lights. Maybe the tree, maybe like they're going to do what I do or what we all do is, you know, you, that, that back end of the tree that you just put into the corner. That's just, no, kind the tree of is like, in the middle it's a centric tree, I know, but and the tree never had this problem every year. They'll there was, figure it out. But they never had this problem if every year. If they don't figure it out, this is going to be the epitome of 2020 in a nutshell. I mean, they might as well have Rudy Giuliani sweating on it. You're, that exactly. <laughs> the, the tree died. The tree. They may spray it green. The tree dye will come down. And the like, tree died just like every time it snows, it just. Well, the Instagram account for the tree uh, account for the tree got the last word by saying, "You just wait till I get my lights on." I mean, that's what any good queen would do. Exactly, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening this week. We had a good time. There was a little bit of a. Um, what, do you have something else? What, what did we miss? My shadow logs. Oh, okay. I guess we'll close it out with some cruising stuff. Now, I didn't look into this. Now, I've heard this term and. Tanya came out and did some homework and she heard a term. And I know you guys are all going to be like, well, Tommy, how do you not know that term? I do know the term. I've heard the term, but I've not, I've, I haven't dove deep into it. But Tanya came out with this uh, term in cruising. And what is that term? Uh, shadow logs. Shadow logs. Okay. Now, maybe I know what it is. Maybe I just don't know it by that name. But why don't you tell me what you know of shadow logs? Okay, so shadow logs are the books that um, cruise ships keep that are not presented to the U.S. government. I'm going to read to you the actual thing that I found. Shadow logs are cruise logs that are 
that hide the unscheduled stops that the ships make in friendly jurisdictions to deal with onboard criminal issues and complaints before they reestablish their previously planned itinerary. These are including deaths, assaults, um, anything nefarious that happens. These are off the books. That's now, I came uh, across this because I've been watching um, Succession on HBO. It's the one good show that I watch in my tree of garbage television. So I was wondering if this is a real thing. It, it has to be, right? It sounds like it's absolutely real. Now, the word shadow log, as you say it, I did not know that that exists. What I thought, my first inclination when I when you said shadow logs was me thinking what I know about a lot of um, the investigation that goes on on the cruise ships. I know that we... As cruisers, a lot of times there's a lot more information known about us before we get on. And that's why a lot of times there's a day before, you know, you can't you can't book your cruise in some cases more less than a day before because they do do a little quick little background search. Or at least that's what Captain, his last name was Baldwin on Oasis of the Seas. We did a talk with him and he told us that, you know. We talked about security issues, and, and, and they'll tell you right now they can't go too deep into any security issue. But what he did say, and it was kind of creepy and a little weird, <laughs> and he said, we know more about you before you get on the ship than you think. Okay. Well, that I, I think that that kind of makes sense because they they are insured. Yeah. So if you're a person coming on and you're a high liability no not that not in that regard not in that regard in like terrorism like if you're a psychopath murderer or if you have any affiliations with any wacky groups if there's any red flags where you might so that you can yeah where you might just perform an act of terrorism on the ship so they know you in that regard i think that's what it is and that's that's what you're using so much juicier yeah exactly so then what you're saying is something completely different though which makes perfect sense that and you know in the bar and nightclub industry we always had uh incident reports and incident reports are meant ideally to protect you from liability because if something bad happens it shows that you were aware of the situation and you acted appropriately right you called the right authorities your people were trained properly the situation was handled and you have the records to show it now this is almost like against that or the opposite of that in that okay we have, because you have to just remember that cruise lines are not directly subjected to U.S. law, U.S. Right. courts, and that type of thing. They answer to a different authority, whether it's maritime law or whether it's the law from which the cruise ship is flagged, where it was where it was basically registered. Right, and that's, so I kind of went into it a little bit, and I read something that says that, like, oh, that's why a lot of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, that that's why uh, ships aren't a lot of cruise ships aren't logged in the United States. Most of these cruise ships are not domiciled in the U.S. They're partly not for this u- reason. They say partly for that reason, and that's probably absolutely true. I would say that would add, you know, the two major ones in which they are not flagged or registered in the United States is because a the um. The tax laws, they evade a lot of the tax laws and they don't have to pay. They 
circumvent a lot of the taxes. And that was the big controversy when this bailout talk happened. Should the cruise lines be bailed out? No, they shouldn't be bailed out because of the fact that they use that loophole to be flagged in another country, even though they are an American company. But the hmm. ship is flagged in another country. Now, obviously, the argument against that is that, okay, you could say that, but every corporation tries to find loopholes. And let's be honest, how many thousands and thousands of American people are employed by cruise lines? That's the argument for still giving them the bailout money, even though they aren't flagged there. They aren't they aren't flagged in the U.S. The other one is, um, and that's why the the word they call it a flag of convenience. So it's you know I guess that's would make sense. The other one is uh, labor. You know what I mean? Labor laws, the way the people are paid on board cruise ships, they're paid well for what they're expected to do. It seems like most of them are are happy. You do hear about some horror stories, and you may judge how the way cruise lines pay, but uh, all these people that are working on cruise ships, a lot of them from countries like you know Indonesia, the Philippines, places like that, and they are the breadwinners of the family if they right. get a chance to work on cruise ships, even though, yes, they may not be receiving the benefits of the U.S. negotiated labor, I guess, structure when it comes to how many hours in a row you can work, how what the minimum wage is, but they still do pretty well by comparison because in this life, everything is relative, right? So mm-hmm. those are the two reasons, the main reasons, and then you're touching on the third which is yes they are not accountable to the u.s court system and that enables them to have some loopholes and to be able to um kind of circumvent some of the regular laws and listen it's been well documented disney in very many situations you know it's just how they do business you know what i mean Mm -hmm. a lot of times you know if you look at it like this nobody wants to incriminate themselves you have to talk to the letter of the law. You have to answer answer honest, honestly in this country. You have to say what you're supposed to say. But in at when you're at sea, you don't have to say shit. Right. You can be quiet. So you could look at it as, well, that's not right. But you could also look at it as like, well, why should I? I things happen. This guy did something. He works for us. We thought we had a normal guy here. But uh, it's just in our interest to not comment on the situation. But it says, like you just said, the shadow logs provides them an internal document where they know exactly what went down, that they are basically free from having the responsibility of sharing that with any right group of authority, any, and any type of authority. it's almost not even a cover up. It's just, yeah. oh, wait, this never happened. It's just there. Yeah. It just We're not, never you know, happened. And it's been, they, they're allowed to stonewall you. They will stonewall you. And, you know, that's an argument of morality of whether or not that's right or wrong. It does sound. But listen, that's why there's different laws in different countries. And, you know, what's legal here is not legal there. What's legal there is not legal here. And you can judge all day. (laughs) But it is what it is. I mean, it's uh, one of the small parts that I picked up from this show that I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then it. You know, as the episodes and the season went on, I was like, oh, this is going to be the explosion. And then I explained it to Bobby and he was like, so I can throw you off of a ship in the middle of the ocean and come back home? No, he can't. <laughs> it's not like, legal. I would say it's not legal. No, if, no, if, if it's knows. proven that you did that, you'd 
get prosecuted, but the way in which the information is collected That's is regulated is. in a different way. Yes. So, in the, and apparently the way the in which the information logs. is collected is beneficial to the perpetrator. Look at you bringing up cruising topics. I, I saw it. It triggered my memory, uh, my imagination, and I was just like, this is really interesting. And I kind of did it like is. a dive on it. Well, Tanya's feeling triggered, ladies and gentlemen. So we got to go. Not triggered in that way. I triggered know, I know, in like I know. the good way. Well, um, we appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget, uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I haven't gotten an email in ages. I do know it's a little weird with the cruising thing uh, not in play. But feel free to drop me an email, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you like what you hear here and you'd like to hear more of it in more of an off-topic, crazy, wilder, kind of uncensored way, we have the Always Be Booked Patreon, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash alwaysbebooked, $5 a month for an extra show every single day. Watch, guys. Challenge me. Want to call me out on it? Call me out on it when I miss a day. Every single day. Except the days when we record these. Because <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do? Two shows in one day? So I guess I mean, like that's uh, not impossible. So I guess it's so. six. Yeah, it's not impossible, but it's a lot. You know what I mean? We're going for close to an hour and a half or more now. So another half hour. I think we'll have how much you media need, right? So let's go six days a week. But not again, when I do say seven days a week, it's technically true. So dot com slash always be booked. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for listening. Boat drinks cones. Boat drinks cones. Boat drinks cones.